Ovechkin storming in. Alexander Ovechkin curl and drag to the back end. He scores! Simply sensational! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Pizzas Here podcast. Your home for all news and content surrounding the Washington Capitals and the NHL. Today we're joined by another special guest, Richard Blosser, host of the Grit and Barrett podcast. How's it going, Richard? Uh, Going good, guys. Fresh off of a win there at Giant Center this week, and uh, good to be on the program. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, of course. Thanks for being here. All right. So um, we've got some questions for you to start off. So... uh, Let's just get right into it. Uh, how did the Grit and Barrett podcast first get started, and how long has it been running now? Well, the podcast first started um, when I uh, decided to go out on my own from a Maryland sports blog. Um, it was originally called the uh, Perched on the Ice, um, part of their couple Perched podcasts they did. Um, I decided to go out on my own because I wanted to do the, the show by myself instead of having a regular uh, co-host, uh, just scheduling and all that. But unfortunately, I decided to do that, oh, I don't know when the pandemic started. So that really was really not good timing, at least for me. Um, but once the world slowly started getting right, um, I decided to start this podcast um, devoted to the Hershey Bears because um, I'm just a fan and I love talking about them. And um, I asked a lot of the fan base for a good name for them, and we decided to come up uh, with Grit and Barrett because we all know coaches love that grit, and just Bear is just it, the Bears. Um, so uh, that's really how the birth came to be. I've been just this past week, I hit about doing one year of doing this podcast and being nearly a year with the hockey podcast network. And it's been, it's been a hell of a ride. I've enjoyed it. It's a lot of hard work, but um, I've enjoyed doing this. That's awesome. Yeah. We're, uh, we're just hitting around one year now, like right around this time of year also coming up. So that's exciting. Congrats for that. Thank you. Thank you so much. uh, Shrimp and grits. So, you know, you said it's been about a year. So uh, what are a couple of your favorite memories thus far, just being a, a podcaster? Uh, first off was being brought into the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, before I officially started doing this in January, I um, I made contacts with them. Um, they have a podcast for nearly every team on there and just started talking to them. And they said, you know, get this amount of listeners and we'll bring you in. I was able to do that, and um, they've been a real benefit um, for me, letting me do a lot of things creatively um, in terms of doing like a little side project over the summer called Game Over, which is where we said goodbye to each and every NHL team as they were eliminated regular season and or playoffs. And um, that was a lot of fun to do. Um, One of my highlights was talking to a YouTuber called urinating tree don't let the name fool you he is a great youtuber um i'm sure i see that i see that um he's our next guest yeah he's coming on in like a week (laughs) awesome man that joey grabbed him for us 
Awesome. Shout out, shout out Joey and uh, early early guest release. We got urinating tree next week thanks to our <laughs> our very own Joseph. But as I, you uh, were saying, <laughs> no, no, um, I uh, um, I love talking to him because um of we both share a love of hockey and me and him are very are very similar in a way. And I like the success that he has. He's just a, a good, a good sports fan mind to talk to. Another highlight was talking to former Hershey Bear and former Washington Capital um, Carl Alsner back in March, and his time with the Hershey Bears as well. He is so far the first and only uh, professional um, athlete or hockey player I've had on the show. Um, but that's just a few of the highlights that I've had. And hopefully more more to come. Man, I don't know how everybody keeps getting Carl Alsner on their show. He hasn't oh, opened a single one of my DMs. <laughs> he hasn't he hasn't opened a single one of my DMs and he's Mine been neither. on like three different people's shows that we've talked to. <laughs> I guess I'm just I'm I, I'm just I'm just real lucky. I, I was very amazed like he DM'd back. He's like, Yeah, sure, what time? Excuse me? What? You? Me? That's how I felt yeah. when we got Joe Beninati because he was our first big guest. And then he DMs me back. He's like, "Check your email. I sent you. I sent you a message." And I was like, "Man, <laughs> I was like, whoa." <laughs> like, the, you're the great to me. Joe Beninati. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty. He's awesome. a legend for sure. He's a great voice. Yeah, well, that's probably our favorite episode. But do you have a favorite episode of yours of all the episodes you've made of your podcast over the past year? Any like, yes, you like the best. Obviously, Carl's is probably up there, but. Any of them, like, your favorite, personally? Uh, one episode um, back at the Stanley Cup Finals was called A, uh, a Hack's Guide to the Stanley Cup Finals. Sort of a, um, it's sort of copying what, what, what Tree did in a way, uh, copying maybe bad choice of words, but maybe my own version of it. Um, just because I love the rapid fire and improv style of doing that. That's kind of my strength. Um, and just doing that was a lot of, was a lot of fun, um, as well. Um, other than that, I don't really have a certain episode that's like, that like stands out as my favorite because I've done so many in so many different formats. It's hard to really like nail down just certain one. Um, I mean, I've got a holy grail of a guest that I'd like to get, but, um, that's for another show, but, um, um, I've just done so many. It's just hard to nail down just one. Yeah. Uh, what are some of your favorite topics to talk about on your podcast? I love recapping uh, Bears games because I add like my my own flair to it. To anyone who's ever listened, especially now during the season, um, it is a very high energy, um, sort of scatterbrained and erratic pace to it. Because that's just how my head's wired. That's just how I think. I have an ADHD mind. There is, and if I can tell your listeners this, and I wear that as a badge of honor, if I can tell your listeners this, I have no scripts when I do my show. You guys have an itinerary? Bless you. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's it, Everybody has a different style. But I, what I do is from the hip and from the mind because... I'm not affiliated with the Bears in any way. I am not employed. I am not I am not on their radar by any means. I am a normal fan just like everybody else. I put on my blue jeans. I go to work. 
I complain about my boss, I complain about coworkers, and I bitch about other people just like everyone else. Hockey is my happy place, just like all your listeners. So I've, I want to, that's kind of like one of the things I do with the shows that that's the connection that I build with fans. I'm just a regular fan. I'm not with the bears in any way. So that's when I talk about these games, it's like I'm watching it in a bar with everybody and we're just having a couple, couple wings and a beer and maybe some mozzarella sticks. Are you, are you from the Hershey area by the way? Uh, I live in the central PA area. I live near Harrisburg. Okay. Yeah. I have, um, I have, fa- I have family in Reading. That's what I was wondering. So yeah, I got, family, right. y'all. I got family down in York. So I've been, I, um, we travel to me and my, me and my hockey friends. We make an annual trip to Reading to see the Royals. Yeah. They're an ECHL team. Mm-hmm. Um, we go there, we watch the hockey game and we leave. Um, <laughs> But um, in all seriousness, uh, we, we love going to Reading. We have a few friends that are season ticket holders there. And um, that's uh, one other thing we do. With the Unfortunately, this year, due to the state of the world, we're not able to do a lot of hockey trips and a lot and some other personal things with me as well. But, um, but yeah, um, we go to Reading once a year. I was just there on New Year's Eve for their New Year's Eve game. So, so yeah. Um, but yeah, like when I, I, I love recapping bears games and I love just, um, nitpicking stories from all over the NHL world. I try to, and, um, um, cover NHL from time to time, not a lot because I take up so much time Hirsch talking about the bears. Um, I don't like making like really long podcasts, like only maybe like 30 to 45 minutes because, that's the world we live in. It's go, go, go. Listen to your podcast at one and a half times speed. Go, go. On to the next episode. Yeah, we're working on the, the time part of podcasting. <laughs> I, I <laughs> it's a it. gradual process. <laughs> so so you typically in a in an episode like today, we'd be jumping into the Capitals recent results right about now, but we're gonna do that later, you know, as we have a a Hershey Bears, you know, expert guest here with us today. We're talking about the Bears first. So the Bears, if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, but they just finished a triple header tonight, right? That's that's they, insane. I, they I can't finished. imagine how bad the Capitals would do if they had to play a game three days in a row. That'd be two empty net <laughs> open goals. <laughs> <laughs> but actually actually, lads, make that four. We did four games in five days. Wednesday, yeah, Friday, that, right. Saturday, Sunday. That's insane. And we went three and one in that stretch. So yeah. Dude, um hockey last week and I'm still feeling crippled by the soreness. This is <laughs> it's um well um sidetrack real quickly. Try doing that when you're on the road trip with with the lads, which me and the guys have done. One of the first trips we did, we did two games in Providence, Rhode Island, seven o'clock, seven o'clock, and then a three o'clock game in Bridgeport, Connecticut, which is about two hours west. We literally got up that Sunday morning and we're like, we got to pack up. Uh-huh. We're going to Bridgeport. Ah, load up the car. We'll get coffee on the way. That's funny. Yeah, me and Joey's <laughs> me and Joey's men's league got canceled this morning because of the, the ice on the roads. Go. Yeah, I, I, wasn't I was gonna. Go. I was getting ready. I was getting ready to leave, and I got the message saying it got canceled. So that was upsetting. But 
as we were saying with the Bears on Friday, they lost three to five at the Syracuse Crunch, and then on Saturday they won three to zero against the Penguins, not the Pittsburgh Penguins, but the Penguins of the AHL. And then mm-hmm. tonight they won three to two against the same team. So that's awesome. But um, obviously we're around a third into the season for the AHL, and the Bears right now are in eighth place in the whole league and second in the Atlantic Division. So what do you think, Richard, has uh, led to the team's success at this point, despite having players called up and sent back down so often from Washington? Getting healthy has been one of the big things. Um, navigating through injuries has pretty much been a minefield for us, just hoping we can get through two weeks without players getting uh, getting injured. Uh, Mike Vecchione, who is third in the team in the assists, um, has only played about... Uh, let's see. They've probably played about um, half to three quarters of the games of everyone. And um, he's a real passing threat, a real assist, pile up assist guy. He was like that way with the Phantoms in their system. And it seems like he really fits in with the Bears speed, speed system as well. And um, having him healthy has really helped. Having AJ um, healthy. There was a real time about mid-November to the end to around Thanksgiving when we had injuries and call-ups and just, it was like the bears and the capitals just couldn't stay healthy. And actually the 10 day um, COVID shutdown we kind of had for us was a real benefit. It allowed guys to get healthy. And I know it's, it's a statement that's overused in sports, but next man up um, the bears have pretty much, pretty much had that. Um, we've had guys who have stepped into the bottom six and helped out. The defense has been very solid. They've really gelled and come together and the goaltending has been really solid as well. So the bears, while we played a really bad Wilkes-Barre team uh, five times in the past month, you can't help who you play. You beat the teams that are in front of you and you've gobbled up points there to really jump up in the standings. So um, it's been great to see these boys come up. But it's not going to be any easier as we get out. As this month will be very home heavy, and we'll have a lot of travel over the, like the next few months, especially into a, a very competitive North Division, which is where Syracuse is a part of. Yeah, it's it's been a struggle this year staying healthy for for a lot of teams, both NHL and AHL. So. Hopefully, hopefully that can improve as the season goes on, but my hopes aren't very high. <laughs> well, the return of the taxi squad, which I'm sure you guys have covered as well, has actually kind of benefited Hershey a bit because uh, it's allowed the Capitals to take six players as a buffer and rotate them in and out of the lineup, whether it's COVID, injuries, both, or whatever. So instead of directly pulling from Hershey, they kind of have this separate pool to deal with, and it allows Hershey to get continuity and chemistry among the guys that are down there. Will player two get called up? Sure. But it's not like before where we had three or four guys directly called up to DC and back on a weekly basis. So that's been a big, big help as well. Well, you answered one of uh, the other questions I was going to ask you, but <laughs> I'll right. go ahead and uh, ask you this one. So like when you look at Hershey, uh, there are a couple guys that you kind of expect to be in an NHL lineup eventually. I think Alexiev would be the first one that comes to mind. When McMichael was down there, we knew he was going to be an NHL regular. 
Is there anybody maybe that the uh, NHL community doesn't talk about as much that you think is a little under the radar, but has a really good chance to make an impact, maybe in DC and maybe on another NHL roster in, in the in the coming future or the near future? Well, one player that got picked up um, on waivers before the season started was AJ. Axel Janssen Fialbi, we just call him AJ for short. A lot easier. Beautiful hair. Go 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 Google it. His hair is fantastic. He's better um, than Carl Hagelin. Uh, that's <laughs> not a very high bar to get over. But <laughs> moving on, um, we, uh, he is just – his speed game has really improved this year. Like the term Jets is really with AJ. He is one of the most exciting players in Hershey to where when – he gets the puck. You're like, watch him, watch him. He's going to do something. He's developed a really wicked wrister from the top circles to where he's turning that into where he can roof it on a headshot, but also getting it past um, on, on blocker sides as well, depending upon the goalie. So AJ's really developed and stepped up his game um, as well. Um, Joe Snively and Shane Gersich recently have been on really good scoring streaks as well. They've really gotten hot, especially Snively had a really good game the other night against Wilkes-Barre. And I think the Capitals should take a better look into him to someone they could throw in on their, uh, on their bottom six. Um, you brought up Alexiev. He's been a solid defenseman, not much of a scorer, but a really solid defenseman as well. So there's a lot of good. There is a lot of prospects that are coming up that I think the Capitals are really going to use, unlike in, in previous years where they've just sat in the farm system to rot and then be exchanged for other high-end talent or draft picks. What do you think about Lucas Johansson? I know he played one or two games for for us a week or two ago, and he got an assist in his first game off of a, like a deflected pass. But what do you think about him? It's been a long time coming for him. He's been with the organization five or six years, and the term never stay healthy has come to mind with him. He just, every year he was with us, it was something. Leg, arm, something. He'd always get injured. The The joke was he signed an extension, and he's out two weeks for a sprained wrist. Um, he just couldn't stay healthy, and now this year um, he got it the chance to get called up with DC thanks to the taxi squads and the state of the world. Um, and it was good for him. I hope that, um, that the organization having faith in him is going to be paying off. And as long as he can stay consistently healthy outside of a few bumps and bruises, I think the Capitals really are going to take a solid look at him. Um, but he's also been around for in the organization for a while. It might be one of those show us, or he might be trade bait. Definitely hurts when you see guys like Alex DeBrincat and Adam Fox who were taken after him. But I mean that that's the story of a lot of players, right? And it it, it says more about the organizations missing than the player themselves. But we literally drafted Philip Forsberg. The Bruins the Bruins come to mind when you talk about missed draft picks. They <laughs> they had three picks in a row and they could have gotten Kyle Connor and like. There's like, nine, right? there's like nine other people that are like all stars right now on that <laughs> list, and they ended up taking like Jake DeBrusque and like two no names who like don't play in the NHL or something. <laughs> like, 
DeBrusque isn't half bad. He's DeBrusque. They've been trying to move DeBrusque for like two years he now. Asked it for seems a trip, like but, they're always talking. They're always talking about moving. But him. yeah, like you said, they could have drafted Barzell. Imagine a Boston Bruins number thirteen, Matt Barzell. Just picture that in your mind. It's not. Imagine that. Kyle <laughs> Connor. On, imagine Kyle Connor, Matt Barzell, and Brad Marchand on a line Listen, together. I I'm Matt sorry, done. I don't need him on the Bruins. <laughs> <laughs> if you if you have if you have but seriously though you look at that Boston team if, if they had Barzal and Kyle Connor and uh, you know throw Taylor Hall in that other wing I mean that that top six is just wasn't Brock Besser in that draft too or is that was it someone else they could actually Brock be more Besser than a one line team <laughs> well now they're a two line team sorta because they put Pasta on the second line this week so that'll be. Interesting to see if that works out. We actually we we play it with the the Caps. The Caps play the Bruins tomorrow, and me and Joey are going. So that'll be that'll be a fun time. Have fun, enjoy. I'll be on an airplane, so you're welcome for the Ovechkin hat trick. (laughs) Thank you, thank you for that. Toss my fucking hat from the top row. But uh, (laughs) speaking of memories of Ovechkin hat tricks and all that stuff, you've obviously like been a fan of the Hershey Bears for a long time. There's a lot of great things that's happened. Obviously, one of the most successful AHL franchises of all time. Uh, what's your favorite memory? I mean, obviously the, the Calder Cup wins are probably going to come to mind, but do you have a memory besides those or maybe just those? It's ter- totally normal. We're all still living off the 2018 high. So, I mean, Calder Cup wins are probably going to be favorites to yours. But is there anything else that's favorite? Um, well, I did – my first year I went, I got to see the 0-9-10 team, which we call the God Mode team, um, which got 60 wins in an 80-game season, which we will never, ever see again. Um just a team that ran rough shot through the through their 11th Calder Cup and um but um my favorite memory my favorite game is uh May 15th 2016 game 7 against uh Wilkes-Barre Scranton um it was a Sunday afternoon game and just a really hard fought game the bears had some really good players on there but Wilkes-Barre had uh Wilkes-Barre had DeSmith, Getzel, Sprong, Dumoulin a lot of future pens that would ass team that, that that would become a part of their their back-to-back squads on on their team and um it was a hard-fought game they tied it late in the third um and then with about nine minutes into overtime travis boyd with a parallel goal shot that sneaks by casey DeSmith over the shoulder catches the corner and the whole place just goes nuts. Yours truly, like I, I jumped. I, I hugged my friend who doesn't typically like it, in, in just pure game seven joy. Like my legs gave out from just jumping so much. Yo, um, looking at this team's roster and the top two scorers, you had Keith Akoin with mm-hmm. 106 points, and you have Alexander yep. Giroux with 103 points. Chris Number Moore one was in- on this team. Matthew Perot. There was John Carlson and Jay Beagle. I think John Carlson got called up that year. So he, he did. did a little bit. Uh, and then, of course, the goaltending. If you thought the the goaltending's insane, it's Semyon Varlamov, Michael Neuberth, and Braden Holtby all played at some point this season. God. And that was Holtby's rookie year. He was just he, he he was not the bearded wonder yet. He was just a rookie that year. We um, breed Vezina caliber goalies. And then. Um, but on that team, like Hershey had number one and number two in the league in scoring. In the league. I would imagine. Number one and number two. Right well, we there. have we... seen that that doesn't necessarily always equal team success. 
Correct. <laughs> taking the only I didn't even body? say that. That that was someone else down there. Listen, I would take the Oilers over the Jets in that series every day for the rest of my life. I don't regret it. Yeah, you know what wouldn't is reality would take that. They you you, you didn't have Montreal in, in the final. Like like no one had Montreal in the final. You're I trying did. to sit there. Joey said that. that the what was it that the Panthers were gonna Dude, okay. At least something. mine was based off some like actual like stats. He was just Will like, had no. the Oilers going to the final. You think final the Oilers beating the, the Jets was not based off lot? You're talking. They had one line. <laughs> do, you, do you know the hardest working person that entire series was the Bud Light Seltzer mascot that in Winnipeg awesome. in Game that Four? Awesome. That was the hardest. <laughs> Who's sitting there in the building all by himself, like? Like He's just now, chilling. He's That's just kind of a sick gig. That's a sick job, though. Yeah, you're That'd probably getting paid money. Really yeah, just paid, paid to money. sit there. Really Get paid to sit there and watch playoff hockey. That's mm-hmm. <laughs> and watch the Oilers die. Wait, I, I just have a question about like a, like a game that you've been to. Have you been to the the games where they throw all the stuffed animals on the ice? The teddy bear toss. Yeah, teddy yes, bear toss. Actually, yeah. That is actually coming up on the twenty second. Nice. Um, next, Jake, next. Do you want to go? Yeah, if I can make it. Dude, I mean, I'm, I'm all the way here in Morgantown. Game that night. I can't make it. I'm gonna be at the Cavs game. What what day is, the, uh, is that gonna be on? It's the twenty second yeah. of January. Yes. yes. Uh, next Saturday. That is next. Okay, I could probably go to that. Come on up. I might be able Come to go up. to that. <laughs> It'd be like a two and a half hour drive, but I'll do it. <laughs> Do it. We have chocolate. That's true. <laughs> they have chocolate. First, first chocolate bars on you. <laughs> if I meet meet up with you guys and it's early <laughs> enough, take you over to Chocolate World. Sweet. It's open. Um, buy, buy, buy the one pound chocolate bar, and whoever loses in the playoffs this year, the earliest has to eat it on a podcast. <laughs> I, I, got, I, I bought the hot ones, like the spiciest hot sauce, like that you they have on that show. I have it now, and I that could be a that could be brutal someday if I ever tweet something <laughs> stupid. But um, but yeah, I've been there for many teddy bear toss. Um, the last one before this whole pandemic stuff, we threw nearly forty five thousand teddy bears onto the ice, and um, most um, most AHL teams when they do their teddy bear toss, the bears get thrown on. Um, five or ten minutes later, teams are playing. When the Bears do it, we literally have to do a dry scrape, and it's about a 25-minute delay. If there's less than 10 minutes in the period, they just say, we're closing down the period, and we'll just add the time on in the second. That's happened. So um, I've already got got about seven Walmart bags of teddy bears I've collected through my work. Me Me and my friends, my crew, we will have several seats dedicated to them up in 217 so um you know we bears bears fans have waited nearly two years for this event to come back so we are ready and it's for an amazing cause why they are having it in january we have no idea but um so i know the hershey the bears are doing well this year and like joey said they're one of the most successful ahl teams ever they have 11 calder cups i believe and i think they've appeared in 23 correct Um, so, do you think they have a legitimate shot of winning this year? And do they compare to any of the other Calder Cup teams that you've seen in the past? A lot of a lot of Bears championship teams were very were mostly underdog teams. There are a couple teams that were very dominant. 
team in 1988 win a perfect 12-0 in the postseason. Um, in 09 and 10, of course, the, the, the team I mentioned. But a lot of those team, a lot of other teams were plucky underdog teams. And I think this team can do that. A team that just slowly gets better throughout the year and starts playing their best hockey in March and April, which is around the time you do want to peak at whether it's the NHL or the AHL. So um, I think this team can. Um, there are some very good teams in the American Hockey League right now. The Utica Comets, the Chicago Wolves, the Stockton Heat are the top three teams in the league right now. Um, the Bears, I think we are good enough to to play and make a good deep playoff run. And as you guys have seen in the playoffs, anything is possible. So um, I think that this we always have cup aspirations, but this is a year where you look at this team and say, yes, this team can win a cup. I'm not quite there just yet, but it's starting to come together, which is a very good sign. So that's obviously good news. You know, if we think that the Bears have a shot, you know, that's what we all want. And uh, like you said, so right now in the AHL, the point standings in first is the Chicago Wolves, and then in second is the Stockton Heat. And then, like you said, third is the Utica Comets. So I'm guessing that you've watched at least a little bit of some of those teams. But if you had to pick someone right now or place a bet on somebody right now to win the Calder Cup, who would you who would you put your money on? Probably either Chicago or Stockton. Um, I'm just going to lean slightly towards Chicago because that was the that is the Hurricanes farm system. Don't ask why there are farm teams in Chicago. It'll make your head hurt the more you think about it. Um, the the Canes farm system has been very very good the past five or six years. Um, even um, their team that won their Carter Cup in 1819 was just so dominant. Jake Bean, Morgan Geeky, Alex Nedeljkovic, all of them are on the Hurricanes or elsewhere right now. And um, they just had a really good bump of crop of prospects just come through. And they're reloading the farm system, which is what you want, want to do, especially in the American Hockey League, where teams can pretty much fall off after a year if the prospect farm is not properly tended to, for better words. So out of more knowing the system better, I'm going to lean more towards Chicago, but I'm not counting any of the California teams out. I unfortunately have not seen any Stockton um, games out there, unfortunately. I was watching a, a bar down quiz about like if they could name which, like what the team is that's affiliated with each NHL team and how some of them are just like so awkward, like oddly placed. Like, like you said, how Chicago is affiliates with Carolina and like, isn't Syracuse affiliated with one of the Florida Tampa. teams? Tampa. Yeah, that's that's funny. But hey, they they Whatever they love. It. I mean, they Tampa. A lot of their good players throughout their run came through Syracuse, annoyingly so. So, um, if it works, no reason to change or to move them. Even though I think the HL should try to venture into Florida, that's just me. So I wouldn't mind the Bears having a weekend set down in Florida in January, February, or March, just saying. They get AHL attendances in uh, Miami with the Panthers, so they probably get more anyways. Mm -hmm. I guess one, th one thing that, you know, the players on Hershey are probably happy about 
is like you know since especially since we're a team that makes so many call-ups and send downs so often it's like they've only got a couple hours of a drive if they are going from one to the other imagine you're on tampa bay and like you're on that line where you keep getting called up or sent back and you've got to drive halfway up the you know the entire east coast every time you get moved around so that must that must think <laughs> it's it's a really good gig because you can literally call hershey after morning skate and be like hey sam sonoff's got a stomach bug can you send a guy uh yeah copley head down to dc and you can get down there before before afternoon rush um <laughs> it's really it, it it's a really good gig um yeah, you know we've um, it could be like with the Charlotte checkers who are splitting affiliate with the Seattle Kraken this year, like Alexander true, one of their best prospects, he got caught up, but they had to do it when Seattle was on an East coast swing. It was literally meet him in Philadelphia and we'll take you around the East. And then he got sent back before they went back to Seattle. So that's sort of the game that gets played. Yeah, I was about to ask, because, like, like, I remember that they've done some teams, like, the Crunch had a, another team, they they were doing it together, it was not just Tampa, it was another team that had, was sharing the affiliate, I know they're doing that recently because of just, like, COVID, some of the teams have had to, like, stop for a while, but I know that there's certain, like, some are coming back, which is nice, but it's just, like, it makes it so confusing, because when you're sharing those teams, you're just, like, you're just very confused as, like, two, G, two different GMs playing with one GM who's, like, I have to make this team work, and then it's, like, we have to make our team work, and we have to make our team, like, I, I could never be like an AHL GM because you, you got two voices in your head like that and you also have to worry about like ACHL. It's just, it's nuts. Well, one thing we've seen with cities like Syracuse and Springfield who have had a ton of affiliates over the years, especially Springfield, um, you don't see a lot of NHL jerseys there. You'll see a lot of Springfield jerseys there, but you won't see a lot of NHL jerseys there. Um, and that's something if you don't have an affiliation for the longest time, fans won't connect with your parent club because you're changing them as often as people change T-shirts. So um, it's just, you know, that's just we've had a lot of affiliation jumping over the years. Um, but it seemed like the late 2010s that really that really seemed to settle down until the new teams came into came into the league. Really excited for the Coachella Valley Firebirds next year. See what That's they'll do. Sick. They, it, I, I, I wanted Dragons. That was one of the options. I voted for Dragons, but Firebirds won. I feel like that fits them better. I, I, I just want a team. I like for Firebirds. That, that reminds me of the car, but I think Coachella <laughs> Valley isn't the greatest sounding because that makes me think of whatever the music festival or. You know. uh, uh, one of the other. Um, I, I'm a friend uh, one who runs one of the retreat groups that I'm with lives out in Coachella Valley. And he was like, yeah, that represents the area a lot better than Palm Springs. And I'm like, oh, okay. If that works out there and attracts more people, fine. More power to you. Yeah. So um, I think the next one of the next questions we answered pretty well, but we're going to go to the next question is you uh, obviously recently we've seen Zach Bucali, uh step in and make some very critical starts. Last night he was spectacular, and if it wasn't for Carl Haslin, he probably would have won that game. Um, and then he shut out the Detroit Red Wings in his first game. Um, obviously he's been impressive, and he's had some great performances. Do you think like that's going to affect the goalie situation more or less? What's your opinion on the on the Capitals and Bears goalie situation? Because right now in flux we have obviously Copley is floating around there somewhere between the two. Sometimes you have Bukali and then Vanacek and Samsonov, and then obviously the Bears goalies. I don't know them super well. 
but like you see any others making a supreme impact like where do you think the four of them all end up in reference to the end of the season well before the taxi squad started um obviously you have sammy and vtech up there and love that vtech's getting the time we loved him down here in hershey love that he's having so well um Zach Fukali is doing very good for himself, especially with a lot of the taxi squad stuff that was coming up. Um, we always thought that with the way the goalie situation set up, and we have Hunter Shepard, who's jumped between the AHL and the Ameri- and the Eastern East Coast Hockey League as well. Phoenix Copley seems to be the odd man out right now. And I was telling my friends at, tra- at, at the trade deadline, look over your shoulder because we were thinking that he might get shipped out because as another podcast, the AHL farm stand has said during the bear season preview. And this really stuck with me. Copley's 29, about 20 entering 29. That's the starting the back end of the roller coaster in terms of your goalie. Um, Not saying he isn't serviceable, but um, you've, he's had a lot of years there in Hershey and in DC and we honestly just don't think Copley fits in the plans. Is he nice to call up? Yes. Is he going to be your number two? I don't think so because the team's very invested in Vanacek. And if Fukali starts playing well, that could be a solid third option and number one down here in the AHL. And if you're just Copley, it's like, is this really your ceiling being a number one American Hockey League goalie? When you see other teams around the league, like say Dallas could really use a go- another goaltender right now, um, hey, teams will. Great hope you slam it. Come on now. Oh no, no, not <laughs> him, Kudobin. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. I was talking about Kudobin. Kudobin is and name. and some guy named uh, Pottinger, Ottinger. Anyway, Kudobin. I've already forgotten his name. You could call. You could bring in. You could bring in Copley. You could be a, a solid number two or a team that could use. A good solid, good solid backup, um, and is is yeah, he's about I think like a one point eight mil cap hit. I think I don't have that in front of me, unfortunately, but um, I I think Copley's the odd man out in this because you got a couple of you got Fukali, who's a seasoned veteran you could rely on, and and somewhat cheap as well. You got some guys in the pipeline that could come in. Hunter Shepard's been doing decently in here. And another player down in South Carolina called Ryan Bernard, who stepped up when we really needed him through COVID. So there's about five or six goalies I've mentioned, and somebody's got to be on the way out. And I think it just might end up being Copley. Yeah. Zach Fucali is the best goalie in, in the Washington Capitals organization. Anybody can disagree with me if they want, but that's my he's take until he, until, he, until he does something to prove it wrong. He's the best goalie in this organization. I will take no further questions. I just right I think now. what's interesting about uh, Fucali is is every, the Capitals always seem to have this monkey wrench into their goalie situation. It always seems to constantly come in because what's it called? Last season. We were like, Henry Lundqvist and Sam Sonoff. Then Henry Lundqvist got a heart condition, had to retire, and Sam Sonoff crashed in the ATV. So now it's like, and then Vanacek stepped in and became our everyday guy, and it was incredible. And then Sam Sonoff this year has been good. And then the year before that, Sam Sonoff stepped in when he, Holpe was still here during the season that was cut short due to the pandemic. And it was like, he was playing really well, and Holpe was sort of kind of showing like, eh, this is kind of the end. 
Um, and then even before that, Grubauer with Holpe, where he almost usurped Holpe in the cup run here. Like, you mm-hmm. always seem to have a situation where it's like, if you're going to come and play in Washington, you're in a fight for every single start you get. Because it's like, Until it's we a... trade for Flurry. Anyway. Shut up. <laughs> no. Do not speak that evil. No. I feel like... No. I, I feel I've like already had to deal with my... No, we're in full support of that here. Darth, we want, we Darth, Vader, Darth Vader still had good in him. I don't see why Marc-Andre Fleury can't. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> You're comparing Marc-Andre Fleury to a person in a space opera who's technically genocidal. Do- Marc-Andre Fleury was our Darth Vader. He genocided the Capitals playoff teams, <laughs> okay? Oh, my God. You can't say that. <laughs> What did he say? I'm just kidding. So what? So what you're saying was that he slaughtered the Capitals multiple times. Yeah, you could say that. Like Yeah, yeah. Honestly, like. Yeah. I just, I just think it's interesting. Our goalie situation has always been that, like, that weird, like, it's never been set in. Like, even with the fact that Holpe was it from basically 2012 to 2019-20, like. Even then, it was like there were times where it was like, "Oh shit!" Like Grubauer is going to be good and take him over, and Samsonov's looking like the future. Like it's really interesting to think that, like you know, I don't like. I would love for Samsonov to be the future number one goaltender. I would love for Vanacek to be a great uh, tandem with him. Like I would love all these things, but like I just don't know. And now with Bukali playing well, of course, EA's favorite goaltender. Like we don't know what's going to happen at the end of the season because at this point. We could we could end up starting Fukali in the playoffs with how things are going. Honestly, it's incredible. <laughs> madness, delicious madness. All right, it's time. It's time for everyone's favorite part of our episodes. I got to do the Manscaped read this t- today. Uh, obviously, our podcast is sponsored by Manscaped. Uh, cheers to 2022 and resolutions you can actually keep. How about having clean and shiny balls all year round? Our sponsors at Manscaped are here to save your balls this year and make the ball drop into 2022, the cleanest and sexiest ever. Set your first New Year's resolution with a good with good intentions and join the four million worldwide who trust Manscaped with our exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com and use code PHP for 20% off plus free shipping. Again, get 20% off and free shipping with the code PHP at manscaped.com. Go use our code, boys and girls. Use the code, yes, boys and girls. Products, actually, we just got some new products this week. It's pretty awesome. I have, yeah, can't wait to use them. Shout out Manscaped. Shout out Manscaped. So, that brings us to the Washington Capitals, everyone's favorite NHL team. So, uh, as we've seen this week, we had two games just since our last episode. So on Friday, we lost five to one at the Blues, and then yesterday we lost in the shootout two to three at the wild even without even them ha- being without like nine of their their regular starters so that's that's great for us but um <laughs> look i don't speak for all of us usually, I... but i think we can all agree that the player we're gonna call out and that we don't like is carl Hagelin. so can we just get yeah. out of the way right now because carl Hagelin, what the I... hell <laughs> like <laughs> what what i was gonna say is, is those were two of hold on i can't hear uh nobody was talking uh, Richard was talking. He's just—it's just thinks as he's muted. Oh, oh you're muted, Richard. You're muted right now. You gotta click the you unmute thing on your. <laughs> so, somebody muted me. Oh, <laughs> it was a complete accident. We do that for the manscaper just to make sure it goes clear. Right. Sorry. I was gonna. Uh, all I was saying was, Carl, that scores goals for the other team. And for anybody who gets that reference, I love you. 
Yeah, I don't know that. Dude, one. llamas with hats. That's my shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, now I get it. Now I get it. Now that Okay, um, what I was gonna say is, is those are two of the most Capitals losses I have ever seen. Because <laughs> yeah. against the Blues, you have a team that looked like they could have scored four goals in the first ten minutes of the game. And then they just completely deflated. Like, they turned into Tom Brady's footballs against the Indianapolis Colts. I mean, they just, out of nowhere, just deflated. Someone after write that minutes, down. <laughs> after 10 minutes of what I thought was, like, some of the best hockey they played all year. Then against the Minnesota Wild, I mean, do I even need to say anything? The two goals they gave up were Carl Hagelin shooting it into his own net on a delayed penalty and a, and, and a goal with the Minnesota net empty with 36 seconds left. When Ovechkin wasn't on the ice, I was I took very note note of that. Uh, if he was on the ice, he would have scored an empty netter, and it all would have been fine. I like I like Will's post game post game comments. This is nice. <laughs> it, was just, uh, it was it was awful. I was really annoyed. I was really annoyed about the loss. Should li- I should let you start this segment every week. I like that. But that's I mean that's all I have to say is like two of the most Capitals losses ever, and, and really, at least we should have at least gotten three. Uh, three points out of that stretch of games, given the injuries the Wild were facing and how well they looked against the Blues. And yet we get one, and here we are going to play Boston. And yeah, I was annoyed. Yeah. Yeah. So so um, we can we can go through a, a player that we liked and one that we disliked. Um, if anybody – I have someone other than Haglin. I mean, you guys can rant a little more about Haglin if you want. I'm saying Haglin. I mean – You guys can – You guys can. I mean, I'm, I want to shit on Justin Schultz a little bit. That's fair. But you guys can, let you shit on Justin but, Schultz. But, but um, I mean, yeah. So, I mean, Richard, did you uh, did you get the chance to watch any of the, the two Caps games from this past week? Um, I did not because of the games that I was uh, watching. Um, but Four games in five days—that's understandable. <laughs> but um, um, the St. Louis one was a bit of a surprise. But if you see how good and deep the the St. Louis Blues are, it's kind of not all that su- surprising. Um, the Minnesota Wild—congratulations uh, for getting their first win in nearly a month. Um, you could—I mean. With, with the Capitals, you could discount travel, and these are two teams you're probably never going to see again. I, at least I don't think so. Central teams, you only play once or twice. Um, but it's, it sucks the way that you lost other than just absolutely losing what Carl Haglin did. Go to your room, young man, and do not do not speak to us. Um, it seemed like just yet had the game in hand, and the wild one is the one that, that really got away from got away from you in a game that you were leading. St. Louis, not your night. You could just simply go, not your night. On to the next game. Yeah. Did you um, say the Wilds first win in a month? Pretty much. I don't think they had one many games, yeah. No, they're, they're yeah, they they're still they, twenty one ten and two though. <laughs> yeah yes, but but before the shut they shut down ten days before their winter classic. Oh that's right. They did yeah, they did. their okay. Winter Classic was their oh, first game in okay. about three weeks, and it choked. I see. Okay, that makes more sense. Um, so did you have a did you have a player from I guess what you've seen of those two games that you think did well or did something positive? Uh, Zach Vukali, like good use as well. Um, <laughs> I am not saying that to suck up. I am not just randomly off the top of my head. 
No, it's okay. We're all just mad because we were going to use him as our pick. Ha <laughs> 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 I claimed it first. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. I think that, like, the Wild Loss, it just is so weird. Like, it's just been such a weird, like, time. The loss against the Devils a couple weeks ago, which I think was, I was like, there. Did we, talk, did we talk about that last week's episode? I think yeah, we, yeah, it was a matinee game, and then we had an episode that's after. That's right, we did. Thank you. Mm. Um, that was just like a weird loss, but I was like, eh, Devils are supposed to be pretty good, and I don't really hate it. It's no, nah, um, we should be beating the Devils. We sh- we should be beating everybody. Who hasn't? Expect too much. Um, and then of course you have the loss to the Blues. I kind of was like numb to it once the fourth goal was scored. I was like, we can't really do much about that. But then like the wild loss, it's just like you know the whole game when they're just like not really doing a whole lot in the third period. I'm like. You know, a one-goal lead isn't exactly amazing, and wouldn't you wouldn't you figure it out? A one-goal lead isn't exactly fun to protect because they scored, and then they beat us in a shootout, which shouldn't exist, but it does, so we have to win with it. Um, How does Koozie hit the post every time? Because he's Koozie. Um, uh, I, I would say the one benefit, though, before like I get to my best player, is that we are going to get back, what's it called, uh, Oshie and Backstrom this week for sure. I'm pretty sure, which is great. And, like, barring, like, you know, another injury... Uh, things should be fine, but if I had to pick my one player I actually like this week, um, I mean, Zach would call it an easy answer, but I think I'm gonna go with, oh shit, who is it, who is it, it was, uh, Protus. I saw a tweet out there that Protus is genuinely, like, he's genuinely, like, an NHL-ready player. Uh, like, we, we don't, we don't talk about this a lot, but the 2019 draft class for the Capitals might be their best draft class in a long time because you have protus pilon and uh mcmichael in your as your first three picks all three of them are nhl caliber playoffs garrett pion scored the team team leading 11th goal today i saw that i saw that tweet and it was awesome uh protus has been playing regular minutes in the nhl and genuinely feels like he should be up here for the rest of the season you know if it weren't for the fact that we're deep or the fact that somehow carl Hagelin has avoided the punishment and wrath of everybody else um, and then, of course, you have Connor McMichael, who is going to be on the NHL roster for the rest of the season. So, I genuinely think that uh, Protus is one of the best, if not the best, um, picks from that draft so far for the value of what it's worth. Don't pause. Keep going. Wait, did I mute He's myself? muted. Yeah, muted, yeah. Did I mute myself? Oh, shit. I didn't mute him. That just randomly happened. But, yeah, I think he's one of the best. Yep. If not uh, the best from that draft, considering the value, because he's drafted in the third round, I think, and he's now a regular in the NHL, which is pretty cool. All right. Yeah. Who wants to go next? Um, go. <laughs> Daniel Sprong. <laughs> what? Oh no, wait, that... you guys were both gonna say Daniel Sprong? I'm not. I was. I was. I was just beating him to it, but Daniel Sprong was is, is my backup. No. Zach McCauley was my first pick. Yeah, I know. But, it was mine, too. I feel like that was everyone's, that was everyone's first pick. Gonna be first pick but yeah. No, I have Sprong every, first. Every time. Every time. Yeah, so, um, um, you go go ahead. Um, I was going to say Connor Michael. Because, Josh Wunderkin. Yeah. Just, like, we've been wanting him to do, you know, he did what like, – we've been wanting him in the roster for for a while, and then put him on the roster, start him, score the goal. Does we you – know, I mean, obviously it was deflection, but still, like, he, he's he looks – very good when he's out there and it's something we've yelling on twitter about for a while like when he's not on the roster he's a scratch the other night i know that so like that's why i'm picking him just because i know he could 
he, he plays well and scored a goal. So and like, Haglin is your not so happy. Of course, yeah. of course it is. Okay. I mean, I was kind, I was kind of hoping McMichael was going to get one more season in Hershey this year, but it just doesn't feel like it's going to happen. Mean, he's been playing. He looks, you know, he's very. I mean, really good. So I'm glad he's on the roster. Yeah, I'm just being greedy because yeah, I'm, I'm just being greedy. All right, so so my player that uh that I was happy with was going to be Zach Pukali. Um, you know, like we said earlier, stellar performance yesterday. He just got an NHL record for the longest uh, shutout time to start someone's NHL career, so that's that's awesome in itself. But he's really impressed me. He had arguably the save of the year in in overtime yesterday, so that was sick. And then. You know, I like I said, I think he's the best goalie in this uh, organization. I'll stand by that. Anybody who disagrees is welcome to disagree, but that's my take on it until he does something to to make me feel otherwise. But my backup is Daniel Sprong. Um, I picked him a couple weeks ago, but I'm going to pick him again this week because, you know, he's he's one of those guys that Laviolette feels like scratching every other every other game, and uh, has isn't always putting the most faith into but he uh he had a nice wrister what was it yesterday so that was a nice goal so i'm proud of him for that and uh hopefully he keeps shooting the puck and uh scores more um obviously carl Haglin is the the safe take to you know shit on someone for this week and someone that you're not happy with and i mean that is justified he uh shot the puck into our own empty net on a delayed penalty so that's always fun when that happens to the Washington Capitals. You know, who else would that happen to? I believe it happened to the Blackhawks like a really long time ago. But, you know, that's that just summarizes the Capitals for you. But uh, I'll say Justin Schultz as someone else other than Carl Hagelin because what was that? Was that yesterday against the Wild? Correct me if I'm wrong. The goal that got scored on us where he just fell down in the slot and slipped onto his Blues. stomach. Against the Blues. Was that the Blues? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, we did lose by four that game, but it would have been better to lose by three had he not slipped on his on his stomach and allowed such a wide-open shot. So, yeah. Anybody else have anybody for good? Uh, I've got a couple that I liked. I, I was going to say Daniel Sprong. I think he's been skating really, really well, really, really hard, and that's something that we – really need to see from him we need to see that speed but we also need to see him skating hard and i think that's something that he's been bringing lately which is great um i'll go i have two up players that i want to mention first i want to mention nick jensen because nick jensen skates like a top six forward and he defends like a top four defenseman like like I, the guy can literally skate like a top hell six yeah forward. he does if Kale McCarr did half the, sh- if Kale McCarr did anything that Nick Jensen did, they would the internet would blow up. But okay, Nick stop. Jensen does the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> but I think Jensen is is a great defenseman. If he had some hands on him, I think he could be one of the top guys in the league. But he's not quite there. But as far as skating, he's fantastic. He's got pretty good vision, shutdown guy. I think no, I mean Jensen's hands are better than Hagelin's, and he's a defenseman. Um, I've also really liked Evgeny Kuznetsov. Uh, the Caps' first line, although the points haven't been there in the past couple weeks, they look like the best line on the ice every time they're on the ice. They look like the top trio in whatever game they're in. 
And I think the points are going to start falling for that line again because they really just do get a lot of really really good looks. So, and you, whenever whenever you have a line giving a lot of good looks, you have to shift back to the center. And I think Kuznetsov Kuznetsov at least deserves a lot of credit for the success of that first line. And I think the points will start falling. So, I'm not too worried about the lack of production over the past few games. Although not having Ovi goals sucks. As far as people who looked bad, I I don't know. If I'm just like hating on him to hate on him, but Lars Eller does this thing where he has a really good game, and then I swear he's invisible for the next game. And I want the guy centering my second line to look better. I feel like the whole second line kind of goes invisible from game to game, and and I know that that really the second line is the third line. Uh, and so I guess I'm being a little harsh, but when you're getting the ice time that they're getting, I want to see some chances and some points and when they're just vanishing, that's why we lose games against teams like the Wild, because we're not getting any looks from our second line. Uh, and I know that McMichael scored on the second, but I don't know. I've had some issue with Sherry and Eller together as of late. Did I just hear Carl Sh Con uh, Connor Shears in? Did I just hear that? You're literally his I mean, I do love to see a short person doing but yeah. Where he's just You're just mad. You want to know what's awesome? You, you want to know what's awesome? Yays. We're going to be going to a game tomorrow against the Bruins. The last game I went to was the playoff game. Where we got eliminated against the Bruins. And you know, the only person who scored a goal for us in that game was Connor Sheary. So why would you be mad at him if because he's the only one doing something good? Because I shouldn't be going good. home from a game where Alex Ovechkin is in there and be saying Connor Sheary was the only person who scored a goal when I went to a Capitals game. That How is like that his serious. fault? That, is that sounds fault. like Alex Ovechkin's fault. Don't, are you blaming Alex Ovechkin? Yeah. Wow, okay. Wow, that's... <laughs> first, we're looking for a new co-host, everybody. Um... Yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> but since... But since oh, we're on this, the subject of don't mind go, me, ahead, go, ahead, go ahead and start your rant, Joey. So since we're on the subject of scoring goals and not scoring goals in this matter, there is a legitimate problem with the Capitals power play. There is. I think at the beginning of the season when we thought all the injuries and stuff was like, you know what, missing Backstrom, uh, Mantha, Oshie, you know. Uh, we are still guys. missing Backstrom and Oshie, to be fair. They've played enough to where I'm starting to get concerned. But – like, now it's like it's a systematic problem. When you look at the Capitals' power play, they're not doing simple things that they should be doing to create chances. On a power play, there are about three simple things you can do on a power play to get chances to go in or at least get yourself a better chance to score a goal. is move the puck constantly, always keep skating, and shoot the puck at the net. You have a man up. You have a chance to get open ice to shoot the puck. Why is John Carlson, a person we paid $8 million to, to shoot the puck from the point on the power play, refusing to. I swear to you, that like I, I beg somebody to find a clip of Carlson on the power play of the, over the past month even. Shoot the puck from the point and to take a genuine shot. Orlov has more. He actually time. did that on our first power play yesterday. It doesn't matter. Just do it enough. He did we shoot had like it five. From the point. He did it like <laughs> once. And like you genuinely, you don't create chances. I 100% understood. We wanted to get Ovechkin the record. We wanted to get him the record. We wanted, like That's fine. But I feel like we're at a little bit of an impasse here where we're like, his records are important, but we're also dealing with the fact that we're losing games because our power play is just not working. And that goes to one simple person in particular. A person who I have de I've defended at times because of the injuries. And that is Blaine Forsythe. 
I don't know how Blaine Forsythe has had a top 10 power play the past five years, yet has been the most constantly just hated person until this season when I saw how the high-end talent has carried him. We're missing three people on the top power play we would have, and the power play has simply vanished. It is simply evaporated into thin air. And I feel like you can say what you will about it being missing, but you also have to realize this Capitals team is incredibly deep. Why isn't Sprong playing reliable minutes on the power play? Why isn't McMichael on the power play at all? Why is Shiri on the top unit when he isn't creating enough chances for him to even be remotely close to that situation? Or remotely close to that like, uh, possibility? Why aren't you just considering the fact that maybe having Orlov out there on the top unit might work nowadays? Why not have Schultz out there since that's literally one of the things he's done his entire career? Why don't you try anybody else on the power play? Why are you rolling out the same five guys on the top unit that won't work? And then when everybody comes back and things aren't working, why aren't you shaking up the second unit with new, fresh people? Why aren't you just trying anything? I feel like that really shitty uh, TSN meme where the guy is literally saying, for God's sakes, just score a power play goal. You have Alex Ovechkin. This isn't like me asking you to solve the fucking Da Vinci formula. This is me asking you to score a goal with the greatest goal scorer of all time on the left circle with no... Like, nobody ever able to find a way to solve him. He's done this for 17 years. You're telling me you're 18. He's now all of a sudden been figured out. We're now at this point. This is utterly unbelievable. I'm going to shut up and let everybody else talk because I'm getting mad. But my head I don't think out. anybody I else needs it. to say anything. I, I think it. that was perfect. I think oh, no, no, no. Objection, Your Honor. What do you mean, objection? <laughs> objection. Ovechkin, you said it. He has 12 power play points, correct? Correct. He has yes, six power has play goals. I'm assuming I'm reading this correctly. Yes. What yes. happens every time? What happens every time on Twitter? Alex Ovechkin scores a goal. We all love it. Everyone gets happy. Exactly. That's the point of your first power play unit. Feed Ovechkin. Yeah, That's but it's it. not working. That's the thing. <laughs> it's not Who cares? Ovechkin oh, needs his goals. He's a weapon on the power play, but you would six isn't on the enough. Power plays, we faced the fucking top power play in in St. Louis the other day, and the reason they're the top power play unit is because they don't rely simply on a one trick pony. And I love Ovechkin; he's probably the best one trick yep. pony of all time. I'm not disagreeing with that. But at this point, you're coming into his age 36 season. Like he's not going to be able to just find ways to magically open by himself. He's going to have to work for it harder now because people are going to pay attention to him. He's still going to find those chances. Everybody does. It's like Carl Hagelin has stumbled onto multiple breakaways this season. I'm sure Ovechkin will find a couple here and there. But like you can't like just force that. Look at the Blues. The Blues have a very similar model. Tarasenko built very similar to how Ovechkin is. A very dangerous shot on the left wing, doing a lot of the one timing. But then you have guys like Ryan O'Reilly on the opposite circle, who's just as dangerous. You have, obviously, uh, Pareko at the point, or Krug at the point, whichever one they rotate. You have Buchnevich, uh, Sammy, no, Sammy Blade, he's not there anymore. But you have a bunch of different talents. You have Perron, all these guys, they can funnel in and make things work. We are throwing Connor Sheary out there, and Connor Sheary doesn't want to do anything to get anywhere near the paint. It's just annoying. And this is Blaine Forsythe's fault, because he can literally change this. Yes, he can. I will say, calling back to... To how much you dislike Connor Sherry, he is sixth in our team on power play. I don't give a shit two. what position he is. I don't <laughs> care. But 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 um. Gordon Hathaway's fifth in goals on his team. Did you see me one? Like this season is the season from hell. We don't. But I will say I will say Evgeny Kuznetsov 
nice. power play goal the other that day was, was nice. actually very nice. That was, really that was very cool. nice. I was very happy about that. The one timer from the right circle, that was nice. But I, I, yeah, I as a, as a whole, I think Joey. I think Joey summarized it. For, there's like there's one more. You know thing more than happened. more than summer. Okay, yeah, just there's go ahead. I, I just think, I think the problem also is when you look at a power play, especially the successful power plays, you need more than one puck handler. Like, you need more than two really capable puck handlers. And I love Alexander Ovechkin to death. The dude is not a power play puck handler. Um, and so if that's the case, and obviously you're not going to take Ovechkin off your power play. I mean, that's nonsense, right? Obviously you need that powerful shot. He's still there. Kuznetsov can handle the puck, and Carlson can handle the puck. It physically pains me to see Tom Wilson on the power play. Yes, he's a big body you can throw in front of the net, yeah. but when they play him down low and they ask him to control the puck the way Backstrom or Eller even would, it, it, it just hurts because that's not what he's good at. And when they throw him down there in that lower spot, I don't actually know the name. The same for Sherry. And they ask them to control the puck in a way that Backstrom or Kuznetsov or Carlson from a different position would. That's why we lose the zone so, so damn often because we don't have guys. We don't have enough guys on our power play who have really good hands and are really good at controlling the puck. And I would like to see Lars Eller out there on the first unit if we're really struggling. Uh, I wouldn't even mind seeing Connor McMichael on the first unit. I think McMichael's got great hands. Daniel Sprong has looked like he's had good hands lately. But throw somebody out there who can control the puck down low quickly and effectively and pass it quickly until we get Backstrom back. And I know we're getting Backstrom back, but it would not surprise me if we lose somebody important given but how is, the season's it, gone. But is, isn't that, doesn't that, speaking as an outsider... Um, isn't that why you, you have Wilson out there because you don't have Ochi and Backstrom? That is why. That's true. Yeah, but I feel and, like they're and, a better but, substitute. But, but you can't expect that out of him. I mean, he's not a down-low guy. I'll agree with that. Exactly. He, That's why I don't think he should be out there. That's my problem. Comes from the I'm not blaming not Tom Wilson. Yeah, it's not it's not Tom Wilson's fault. It's just not his forte. He, he's not the guy that we should be putting in that substituting position. There's... I think there are guys, like Will said, I think there are guys that are more well-suited or equipped for, for that type of down-low puck handling role because, you know, we pay Tom Wilson to, to rough guys up and score an occasional goal and get some assists, but the forte of his game is being a big body who gets people out of the way and opens the ice up for other players, but that doesn't work on the power not, not being a power player. <laughs> no. player. He doesn't really have a reason to be out there. And and this and this I relate this to one thing in particular, and EA is gonna have a laugh with this, is that um, our lovely Ravens who got eliminated today, their offensive coordinator Greg Roman would always talk about how there's this magical vault of plays that they're willing to go into at any time to throw them out there. And against the Steelers, you know, facing elimination, he didn't throw any like newer existing plays. I feel like Blaine Forsythe has this magical vault where he's like, I have all the answers in the power play. Like the Kuznetsov play yesterday was really creative. It went to Ovechkin. Instead of shooting, he threw it to the opposite wing where Kuznetsov had a one-timer. And it was able to catch a goaltender going east to west. And it was perfect. Why are we doing that more? <laughs> like, like even with the guys in personnel being out, you think Daniel Sprong can handle something like that? You think Tom Wilson can handle that? You think uh, Conrad Michael can handle that? You think Nick Dow can handle that? Like, at this point, I'm almost begging for them to put Nick Dow on the power play just to see if something can happen with that. Because at this point, we're literally like costing ourselves goals before we even step on the power play we're literally throwing the puck at our own net before we even throw it to theirs a man up and that's just becoming an absolute like 
at this point, it's no longer a case of like, yeah, it's early in the season. We're almost halfway into the season and we're bottom in the league in the power play. And I just, I, I can't, like, I can't believe that Blaine Forsythe stole the job. Hey, I'm do you sure hate Blaine Forsythe? Yes. Yeah, okay. I can tell. <laughs> I don't like, I, I, I don't hate him as a person. He's probably a great person. But uh, as the Capitals power play coordinator, he needs to be uh, ceremoniously fired. Um, Who is it that you, that you said something like that about, like, last year? Was it, like, Matt Murray or something? You're like... You know, Matt Murray's a really great person. <laughs> like, he's not the best player, but he's a Matt really Murray. great. I like, he's a this. really great guy. Matt Murray's a great guy, but I hate him for being on the Penguins for all those years and beating us. That's exactly. What are are you willing to entertain the idea that Carl Hagelin might be a good guy? No. <laughs> he was. He has good hair. He doesn't need anything else in life. And you saw what happened. You want to put that man on the power play? <laughs> like, Carl Hagelin has good hair. He doesn't I just meant as a good else. human being. <laughs> They put all his attributes into hair. They didn't forget about the hands. Dude spent all of his VC on looks. <laughs> all right, so uh, so let's make some let's make some predictions and then uh then wrap up. So coming up this week, like we said before, tomorrow we play at home versus the Bruins. Then on Saturday we play in New York against the Islanders, and then on Sunday we have a matinee versus the Canucks at home. Uh. I guess we can we can just run through some predictions. Uh, here's who wants to go I'll first. Go, I'll go first. All right. Uh, I think we win one out of those three. I think we I think we beat the Islanders. I think we lose the Browns and lose the Canucks. That's it. Ovechkin goal in one of those games though. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that that we beat the Bruins tomorrow just because the Caps have never lost a game with me in the arena. So so hopefully hopefully that stays true. But um, is uh, wait is I'm the gonna, sorry is the Canucks game going to get postponed though because they're still not letting teams cross or teams coming into the U.S. have been okay. oh they can okay I didn't know that okay yeah so okay so I, I'll say we beat the Bruins tomorrow I think it's going to be a close game hopefully it's not us getting shit stomped for the the game that I decided to go to this year for the first time in like two years but uh, I'll say that we beat the Islanders. I think it'll be tough just because it's in New York, but at the same time, they haven't been doing so great at home this year. And uh, for the Canucks, I'll say that we lose just because they've been so hot with Bruce. There it is, but uh, I guess we'll see. Will, Joey, or Richard, if you uh, have predictions. <laughs> I can just say mine real quick. I think we lose. We destroy the Bruins. Uh, nine to zero since i'll be on an airplane and i can't watch um i think we're gonna lose to the islanders because matt barzal seems to like take methamphetamine before every game and just go absolutely crazy so i think we're probably gonna lose to the islanders i just think like that just seems, feels like a trap game it feels like a two to one loss where barzal has two goals um i the 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 bruce Bridgeau like redemption arc of the canucks is a temporary thing i think we can beat them I think they still have one more game in them, <laughs> at least. There's no revenge arc tour here. Juicy Boy's got one more ass whooping for us, Freddy. <laughs> I guess I'll go and we'll finish up uh, with our guests. Uh, I think we have uh, – here's the thing. EA has made a great point. He's got a, a great record when they go and he goes and see them. But uh, I am like the opposite. <laughs> I have been to eight Capitals games in my life. 
Joey, if you fuck this up for me, I'm gonna be very upset. You bought me the ticket. Um, <laughs> you paid me back. Don't I, don't give the you, audience you any ideas like I'm buying you dying you tickets. Um, nah, you stick on top. Stay on topic. The point is, I think I'm like four and four in games when I go see the Capitals so far in my life. Yes, I'm four and four. I've seen four losses. I've seen four wins. Um. Against the Atlantic teams, I'm one and one. I've seen the Toronto Maple Leafs, and we beat them. I've seen actually we've lost to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Point is, um, I think me and EA are going to start a wonderful streak where pieces here podcast members are undefeated or undefeated when going to Capitals games. Uh, together, not alone, Will. Um, together. I was going to say, and um, I haven't. I I've yet to see them lose at home still, though. So, so I think they win uh, four, four to. I'm going to say actually five to. I think it's going to be a barn burner. It's going to be five four. Um. I'm going to see dueling hat tricks from David Pasternak and Alex Ovechkin. Uh, against the Islanders, I don't care. I hope the whole, I hope the entirety of Long Island sinks into the ocean still. Um, but I will say uh, we win 3-1. to one. Um, And then, speaking of former Capitals head coach, our Brucey boys in Vancouver. Oh, man, they played so much better. I want to – I'd say we lose that game just because they played a lot better and they've been really good. So, yeah. All right, and uh, Richard, do you have any predictions for our, our games this week? Uh, for Monday night against the Boston Bruins, um, I myself am 1-0 there, there at uh, Capital One Arena. Are you going um, to the game tomorrow? No, I'm just saying I'm just saying my own personal record there, too. <laughs> I'm 1-0 there. I saw Alex Ovechkin take warm-ups, and it made me realize every single story about that man is true. Now... Um, concerning the game on Monday, this feels like a Capitals are pissed off type game. This feels like where they're just going to try and take it to uh, to Boston. I'm going to say 4-2 the final with an Ovechkin empty netter to seal it. And you will go home happy, mostly. Um, Saturday uh, against the Islanders, um, I'll take the Capitals there because it's New York and Long Island. They do not have the magic that they did a, the past two years. The road, the heavy road schedule has really hurt them. And um, the Eggman, uh, Cuckoo Cuckoo, has just not had it this year. Um, if these guys keep losing, they will be heavy sellers down by the trade deadline. Um, so, and you got to take advantage of teams like that. So, I'm going to say a 2 1 final there. And just because I'm an optimist, um, Barbecue Bruce will get a loss. In his return, let's get nuts. 5-2 five two the final. 5-2. I definitely like the sound of that. Let's let's hope that you're right. Did uh did you have any questions for us before we wrap everything up? I think one I asked you guys a while ago is how'd you come up with the name uh pizzas here? Because it's it's someone it, it, had it's someone had shot it into the uh the, thank you by the way. But um we were when we first started the the show, you know, it was it was more of a joke, and uh, I had posted about it, and then the three of them all commented, and they're like, "Hell yeah, let's do it!" So we made a group chat, and we're like, you know, "Hell yeah, let's do this thing!" And hopped in a Discord call, and just started shooting the shits. And within five minutes of talking to all of you, each other, it was just like we had known each other for so long, and uh, we were like, you know, we need to come up with a name, and we had. We had shot around a couple ideas. We had one 
that was like the the two like the intersection of the street names in by Capital One Arena. I can't remember what it is, like Sixth Street and Sixth and F or some shit like that, something like that. And then we were like, ah, it doesn't have like a great ring to it. And then we we're yeah, then we were like, oh, we can make it a DC sports show. And then we're like, no, Jake's an Eagles fan. Me and Joey are Ravens fans. It just wouldn't work. And uh, I, I don't like we still. I mean, I'm sure we could. I think if you scroll back in the group chat that far, you can't even find it. But we don't we don't know which one of us came up with the name. But you know, we referenced the name back as you know, as I'm assuming you know, to the Alexander Ovechkin commercials with Papa John's, where he would deliver people's deliver people pizzas and kick their doors down, yelling "Pizzas here!" And uh, you know, we've just took it and ran with it from then. So, uh, like you said when we asked you at the beginning of the episode with how you started your show it's been a hell of a ride so far hopefully we can get carl alsner one day like you did and everyone else but you know uh we've just been enjoying having so many interesting and experienced guests on the show and you know we hope to keep it going from here so yeah, yeah just just uh just just keep at it that's all i can keep saying keep pumping out content you know you know there there is a market for sports fans podcasts not analytic guys former players telling stories not that those aren't fun but um in this day not just on youtube and out here on whatever podcast network there is a real market for fans to connect to other fans podcasts and i think what what you what you lads are doing are great keep at it keep grinding it's going to pay off one way or another and it already has you got the great joe beninati on there and my dream guest one day is uncle doc he says he is he is called he's called games I'm at I'm cry. I love Doc not if not if i don't cry first <laughs> because i probably will and um before we do wrap this up i do have a bit of a confession to make to you guys um all of you said where your loyalties were mm-hmm. um i am a capitals fan more by affiliation and i feel like I need to be a bit honest with you guys as to where my heart lies. If some of you have seen it on Twitter, you know You're where it does lie. But... Aren't you? You're a Pens fan, aren't you? Uh, uh, it was nice having you on the yep, show today. See you later, We're gonna wrap buddy. things up now. Yep, done. <laughs> no, but all right. in all, seri- all seriousness, though, but you know, you know, I just one because I like to be honest with, with everyone. But that's where it is. I tried not to bring it up too much here, but. Even though, speaking as a dirty, rotten, filthy Yinzer, I was very happy this team won the Stanley Cup because this organization is hard as it's worked for. Finally got it. And I was happy to see Ovechkin get that monkey off his back, even though even though Kuznetsov does that eagle thing all the time. Sounds good. We'll end, uh, we'll end the, the show with just a statement of fact this time, actually. Ovechkin will go down as a greater player all time than Sidney Crosby. Yes, sir. Thanks, to everybody, yes, sir. for coming on. Yes, sir. Uh, we'll see you next weekend. Thanks for listening. We'll Have a good night. We'll good night, Pittsburgh. We're on next week, so it'll be fun that time. Goodbye. Good so night, we'll Pittsburgh. Oh, hell yes. We're bringing everybody from Pittsburgh on. See you guys next week. Peace out. Later.